0: 2 Samuel uh, chapter 21, the Lord really began to speak to me Friday and we worked on this for several hours and I hope the Lord can help me uh, to give to you as he has given to me and appreciate the great message this morning and uh, Brother Brown was one of my dear friends and I thank God for him and a great preacher, but I'm telling you, As you do travel, as you you travel from church to church, these men that preach, uh, you find that sin has overtaken our churches. And uh, they're becoming so uh, dead and carnal. And we need revival. God help us. Uh, May God do something for us these days. Amen? And uh, let's look in verse 1. The Bible said, Then there was a famine in the days of David three years after year, and David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered, It is for Saul and for his bloody house because he slew the Gibeonites. The king called the Gibeonites and said unto them, Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites, and the children of Israel had sworn unto them, and Saul sought to slay them in his zeal to the children of Israel in Judah. Wherefore David said unto the Gibeonites, what shall I do for you? Wherewith shall I make the atonement that you may bless the inheritance of the Lord? And the Gibeonites said unto him, we will have no silver nor gold of Saul, nor of his house, neither for us shalt thou kill any man in Israel. And He said, what ye shall say, that will I do for you. They answered the king, the man that consumed us and that devised against us, that we should be destroyed from remaining in any other coast of Israel. Let seven men of his sons be delivered unto us. We will hang them unto the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose. And the king said, I will give them. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul. Because of the Lord's oath, that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. But the king took the two sons of Rispah, the daughter of Ai, whom she bare unto Saul, Armoni and Mephibosheth, the five sons of Michael, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Maholite. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibbonites and they hanged them in the hill before the Lord. And they fell all seven together and were put to death in the days of harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of barley harvest. And Rispa, here's my thought today Rispa, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock from the beginning of harvest until water dropped upon them out of heaven, and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beast of the field by night. And it was told David what Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, the concubine of Saul, had done. Of course, we know that sackcloth in the word of God is a, a symbol of mourning. I wanna preach on, if the Lord would help me, on three things that we ought to be mourning the loss of now in this passage of scripture she is mourning the loss of her children i'll tell you what alarms me as i travel from church to church is we are losing our children our teenagers are leaving the churches uh, as soon as they get a chance to get out of the house they are gone And that does not seem to bother us uh, like it should. Amen and amen. I've seen parents that their children are lost uh, and it doesn't even faze them that their kids uh, are going to hell. It ought to bother you this morning that your children uh, are lost without God. Uh, There ought to be some mourning. Uh, There ought to be some sackcloth. Uh, uh, There ought to be some things uh, uh, that we be willing to do for our children. Amen and amen. I'm telling you, we need a new generation. These young people right here, we are counting on you. We need you to get on fire for God. Read your Bible every day. Come in the house of God. Sing, pray, shout, enjoy the service. Learn to say amen. Learn to raise your hand. Learn to testify and learn. We need you. man. We're losing our children. We're losing our children. I don't know how many preachers I preach for now. If they've got three and four kids, maybe one serve God. Maybe one. And when they go out, they don't just quit. They become drunks and dope addicts and harlots. God help us. I'm not blaming the preachers. But I'm saying that we are losing our children and we don't seem to care about it. Amen. Uh, I see in this text that uh, there was a preparation made. I I believe uh, uh, with all of my heart uh, uh, that she was willing uh, 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 to do without some things. Now think about it. Uh, the Bible said the rain from harvest until the rain uh, that barley harvest came in April and that uh, beginning of the early rain came in October and so she was willing to stay out there approximately for six months uh, and you know what uh, uh, she done without some things she done uh, without food when's the last time uh, that we done without food uh, uh, for the children uh, of our churches across the land uh, the raptor in fornication, they're wrapped up uh, in garbage music they're wrapped up uh, our churches uh, are wrapped up in contemporary music and we're leaving and losing our children uh, why won't we be willing to do without something she done without uh, uh, some food she done without some sleep amen That's right. That's right. when's the last time that you didn't sleep well because of somebody gone I'm telling you, it doesn't break our heart like it needs to this morning. I know this isn't a jubilee message, but it is what God laid on my heart, so it's a jubilee message. Amen. Mourning the loss of our children. Uh, They come in their churches and I thank God for our young people here. Uh, A lot of churches I preach in, the young people will find uh, the farthest back uh, pew that they can and they play with their phone and they look at the floor and they come in, look like uh, that they're going to the beach. Uh, I mean they have no respect for the house of God. Uh, I've seen them wear uh, t-shirts that had vulgarity on it. In the house of God. God help us. I'm telling you we're losing our children. Oh, that we'd get our young people to get on fire for God. We need another generation. Thank God to get full of the Holy Ghost and leave this stinking world behind. Get it out of your life. Throw that garbage out and start living for God. I'm telling you it's time. It's time to stand up and be identified and thank God uh, uh, start living right. Uh, We need to mourn our children. Amen. There was some preparation made. She was willing to do without some things. Can I say that there was some protection going on? Now think about this. Thomas the Bible said that she wouldn't let the birds come during the day and rest on those bodies of her two sons. She wouldn't let the beast, but Mike, come in the night. I mean, she's out there fighting off the enemy. Oh, I don't understand how parents allow your children to have access uh, to so much filth uh, in this world, uh, they act like it's normal. I was preaching for a fella not too long ago, and he made a statement. And he said, "I lost my first two children because I was too tough on them, and so now I'm just going to be a little bit more loose." Uh, I think that's crazy. I'm telling you, I know. Uh, I know children have a mind of their own, and I know some people raise them right, and they still go their own way but I'd rather raise them right uh, and keep it as tight as I could uh, than thank God if they're gone uh, I can still go to bed at night uh, and know that I did right uh, and know that I tried uh, and know that I loved them uh, and preach the truth to them and hold up the standard in the house uh, I'm uh, telling you uh, if they go I'd rather them go uh, knowing that daddy uh, stood right and did right uh, I'm uh, telling you you'll be glad if you do that, amen. Amen. I say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said we gotta get back to it. We gotta get back to it, amen. We gotta get back to it, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, that message, Brother Brown, is so true. So true. They... She protected it from the birds. What the birds do, they just pick a little bit at a time. But you know what the beasts do? They devour it. The enemy is devouring our children. What happened to our churches being filled? Churches like this and Brother Brown and some other people that are here, they're they're becoming very few where you have young people dressed up and and sitting on the front pew. I'm telling you, we're, we're not mourning our children. I'm very concerned about it. I've been on the road for 27 years preaching for 35 and I'm telling you I'm very concerned about it. Uh, God help us uh, for our children's sake amen. Now she uh, was willing, uh, willing uh, to do without. We're gonna have to be willing uh, to do without some things uh, that God would get a hold of our children. Amen. Wouldn't it be great if this week God got a hold of some that they'd be willing to cross over into that Canaan land and enjoy that victory, that power that Brother Brown talked about. I don't know about you, but I can't do without him. i got to have him. Oh, you hear me, friend? I've got to have him. We find that she was mourning the loss of her children. Can I say number two? You'll find in the book of 2 Samuel Chapter 3 in verse 31. That David was mourning the loss of his comrade. The loss of his comrade. I, I'm afraid that when someone falls or even a church member gets out. Uh, that we kick them down and and stomp on them Uh, when we ought to be mourning the loss. Uh, we know that pastors uh, bear a burden when someone's gone but I wonder how much the church uh, bears a burden uh, when someone has left Uh, my sister uh, she committed fornication which is a sin against God it's never right, you understand that? Uh, never right, it's never right, it's never right but the church uh, they turned a cold shoulder to her and the young people uh, begin to call her supposed to be Christian and call her and cuss her out uh, and you know what uh, she got out of church for over 10 years uh, because uh, they didn't mourn the loss of her sin instead uh, uh, they jumped on her and attacked her I'm going to tell you something uh, you better be careful because you can fall uh, just as quick as anybody else had uh, they mourned her and went to her and said What's you then what's wrong. Get right with God. We love you. We'll pray for you. We'll help you. She would have never got out of church. Amen. Amen. Thank God she got right and she's been in church ever since. Hallelujah. These comrades is talking. I'm talking about Abner. You'll find in chapter 14 of Samuel they were fighting together. He was the captain of the army. Abner was. You'll find that when David had slain and cut off Goliath's head, that it was Abner who took him to King Saul. These men were fighting together. These men were fellowshipping together. Uh, You'll find, but Chris, that they sat at the table every day at the supper table. Uh, There's some people we know this morning, they're not with us. They fought with us and they fellowship with us. I tell you, it burns my heart when I hear someone act like they're glad that somebody else has fallen and gotten out. I'm telling you, it ought to break our heart. We ought to mourn the loss of our comrades. We don't need less, we need more. Brother Adam, we need more men to stand in the day we live in if we've ever needed Hallelujah. Amen. They fellowship together. Not only that, but we see he fell asleep, that Delilah coming in. He fell asleep. Supposed to have been watching the king. Supposed to have been guarding. You know, when you fall asleep spiritually, you let your guard down. You know what? He let his guard down. He began to follow the wrong person. David should have been the one after Saul was killed. David should have been the one that Abner followed but instead he got to ish and decided to follow him. He followed the wrong person. When you begin to fall asleep spiritually you'll start making bad decisions. Then there'll be some people that'll get hurt. There's fatal loss of life because of Abner's choice there was a man that I followed I pastored I know you can't believe I did but I actually did I pastored for a year and uh, probably pestered him more than I pastored them but anyway (laughs) but there was a the man I followed moved just about 45 minutes away and took another church there was a man in the church that I pastored and he loved that man That man fell into sin and committed adultery and left his wife. And that man in my church uh, became a drunk again because that so blew him away. It so blew him away. I know we're not to follow men, but I'm telling you, men of God, uh, people watch our life and we do have an influence whether we like it or not. It wasn't five years later. Of course, I was not pastoring there. But I heard that man died with cirrhosis of the liver all because of what one man did. Don't you think, church, uh, listen, don't you ever think uh, that you live by yourself or you die by yourself. uh, The things that we do do affect others in our life. Amen. It's fatal to his own people. But I believe, oh, Abner began to find his way. The first thing he did, he went to the first person he ever wronged. Aren't you glad we can get right with God? (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad we can get right with God. He went to David. Then the second thing he did, chapter three, verse 17, he went to the elders. You kind of go before the church. Boy, when do you see anybody do that anymore? I remember if you, you committed an open sin, you had to get right with God, then you had to come get right with the church. That's right. Now we just sweep it under the rug and act like it don't matter anymore. Amen. It don't matter if it's your family or mine. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And if it has to be dealt with, and I thank God we have a pastor that'll deal with sin. Thank God for that. Hallelujah, that's, that's getting rarer in these days. Amen. I thank God for men as Brother Brown and our preacher that'll preach against sin. Brother Allen, they don't do it anymore. And it's because a lot of time they're all wrapped up in it. Because they only have church once or twice a week and they go play around and get on the little old shorts and get out on the boat and go to the water when they ought to be in church preaching, amen. Well, I may lose a meeting or two over that, but that'll be all right, hallelujah. Then he went and spoke to Benjamin, his brethren. You See that pattern there? Went to God, the church, and then his brethren. What about that? And then they received him. David received him and they put on a feast. He said, hey, you know what? He said, let, let, let's, let's talk about this. But brother laddie, you know what happened? Oh, Joab, he wasn't willing to forgive. You better be careful when you don't have a forgiven spirit. Now, I'm not talking about condoning sin. But when somebody gets right with God, then we're to forgive them and go on and love them and help them. I'm telling you, I was in a situation years ago at another church and and I saw when someone got right with God for something they had done which was wicked, but there was true repentance. I watched somebody in the back kind of smirk, a lady, and she didn't like it and she didn't approve of them getting right with God. And it wasn't long, her husband become a drunk who had been saved for well over 15 years and never drank in those 15 years. And to this day, that man has never got back in church, uh, it goes from sometimes to the mental ward uh, with great deep depression. I'm uh, telling you, you better be careful when you have a self-righteous attitude uh, and you're not willing to forgive those. Uh, Oh, you hear me, Freyana? I know that we are weak. Uh, We're as weak as water. And I'm glad, thank God, God will forgive us. uh, And we're to forgive them too, amen. That means you don't keep bringing it up, Amen. David said he died a foolish death. You know, sometimes people die a spiritual death, our comrades, because we won't forgive them. Boy, I got quiet. Now, there's some things I believe that a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist, a missionary can do that does disqualify them. And I know that don't hardly get preached on today either. But I do think that. But I do think sometimes they could get their act together. But we're too proud. And because we didn't do it, so we think that we're better than them. And so then they finally quit or they go and do something else because nobody will accept them. I was preaching recently for a fellow. There's a man who came into his congregation who's a preacher. And this man had done something very stupid and wicked. But he didn't commit adultery. And I felt like after a while, the old boy could get back in the saddle. And the pastor said to me, I'll tell you what. that old boy ain't never preaching here. ain't never singing here. ain't never doing anything here. He's not going to. And I look at his life. And he has so many character flaws. He ought not even be preaching. To be honest with you. But yet, he's he gonna throw this man under the bus who has never done that since and has lived for God ever since, you see. Sometimes I'm guilty of that. I've been guilty of not been willing to forgive. How many times has God forgiven you? How many times has God forgiven me? You know why my dad testified all the time? Because two or three times in his life, he made big blunders. I mean big blunders. One time he even got churched. You listen to me? You don't know that. But he stayed with God. And God forgave him for it. And I remember one time. And he was was in. God was whipping him. And I said dad if you'll stay with it. It'll be alright. It'll be alright. He called me right before. That's why I knew the Lord was going to take him. He called me. And he said son. You don't know how many times you've helped me in your preaching. How many times I've been down. How many times I wanted to quit. But you'd say, dad, it's gonna be okay. And through preaching, God would use you to help me. What if I'd have shunned him? What if I'd have said, uh, I'm not going to fellowship with you anymore. I'm telling you, dad was a blessing to this church. Uh, He shouted and praised God and testified and loved Jesus. I got out his old prayer folder the other day and began to look at it. Uh, He prayed for some of y'all's children and your families. Uh, Hey, I'm telling you, I'm glad thank God he didn't quit. I'm glad, hallelujah, that they didn't throw him under the bus. I'm glad Thank God, we said, "Hey, stay with it." Amen. 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 I'm gonna tell you. Sometimes we don't mourn the loss of our comrades. Number three, and I'm done. Isaiah 32 verse 11. Isaiah told them to mourn the loss of their country. If you don't know it, our country is gone that chapter starting verse 6 through 14 deals with the assyrian army invading judah but here here is what they had become and it sounds so familiar verse 6 they were practicing hypocrisy i have to be honest with you i have to quit watching the news or listening to it their hypocrisy knows no limits knows no bounds And I'm telling you, the hypocrisy of our country is unbelievable. And yet I'm amazed at the people that believe in that garbage. I'm telling you, our country is gone. I love this country. I appreciate men that go to foreign soil and thank God for them. But I thank God I've got red blood in my body and I'm an American and I thank God for this country. I heard the gospel here, hallelujah, and got born again. Uh, I love America. And she's in trouble when's the last time that we mourn for the loss of our country. They were practicing hypocrisy they were profaning the commandments of God. My brother had texted me when the cap- capital was invaded like it was my fault. Like I had something to do with that. He said, what about you, Baptist, now? I said, what are you talking about? Baptist didn't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> he said, oh, no, you, you, you bear some responsibility. I said, oh, is that right? I said, how about you bearing some responsibility? Since 1973, every stupid Democrat you put in office has killed 63 million babies. If you want to talk about responsibility, we'll go down that road, amen. Amen. I guess that kind of got him. He texted me the next morning, so he he's sorry, amen. <laughs> but, but can you believe, I can't believe this. The Pope done better than most Baptist preachers. Pope Francis come out about a week and a half ago and said we will not stand for same sex marriage. Now he probably won't be lasting long. They'll, they'll, they'll assassinate him or, or feed him some poison or something. He, he won't be there long. If, if you hear it in the news, don't, don't be alarmed about it. it it's gonna happen. Because the liberals went crazy. But the Bible, is a, we're not mourning. I'm amazed, and I was not, I don't know exactly what year it was when that lady, I can't remember her name, she got prayer kicked out of school, but I was just a child. There should have been enough people of God that went down to Washington and stood up and said, your child can close your stinking ears, but we're going to pray whether you like it or not. Amen. Amen. But we were too silent. We don't mourn the loss of our country. God help us. He said they pushed away their own. That means to make empty. <laughs> I heard the other day, Thursday. Thursday, a man who is on the border, he's a reporter, and he said, I've watched 400 cross the Rio Grande in four hours. <laughs> and you know what they tell them? Have all the babies you want. We'll pay for every one of them. We'll put you in a nice place. Hey, I'm for people coming legally. Nothing wrong with that at all. But see, we're to the point where they don't care about us. And all they want them for is their votes. That's all. Amen. He said in verse 7, their political power is to devise wicked devices to destroy they say things like, you can't have over 50 people in church. But you can have 5,000 at a Democratic rally. I like what the preacher said. He said, outside of a COVID outbreak, we're not shutting down again. And I say amen to that. It's time some people start standing up. Say, we're going to have church whether y'all like it or not. Amen. Amen. They devise, they make plans, they make laws to try to hinder the people of God. Verse 8 of chapter 32, they promote a utopia. He talked about the liberals. They're, they're liberal. It means their generosity. It means they give everything away for free. Boy, that does sound familiar. In this three trillion, can you imagine that trillion? Trillion, brother laddie. Three trillion, this next three trillion tax bill in there is for free college. Isn't that a blessing? And I guess they're gonna pay for everybody who has debt, which is several trillions of dollars in America. We're in trouble. You see, they they promoted you. If you vote for us, we'll give you a free car. We'll give you a place to live. We'll buy your groceries. We'll put your kids in school. Everything will be wonderful. I'm telling you, it won't be wonderful. Amen. We've sold out. He said in verse 9 of chapter 32 that they're proud, he said that they're at ease. That word means they're haughty. They're so proud they openly tell lies and don't even blink about it anymore. That's right, that's right. They'll tell a lie about a senator or a, or a conservative judge that's not even true. That woman that, that blamed Kavanaugh can't even remember what day it was. Yeah. And she don't even remember what place it was. Something as traumatic as what she claimed happened to her, oh, she'd remember. That's right. Yep. He had a picture that someone took of him down on the beach in another state with the, the date stamped on the back. You remember them old Polaroids? And they said that don't matter. It was, it was a picture that he would not in, in that, that area that she claimed that one of those days he wasn't even there, you see. That, that's where we're, our country's in trouble. We don't mourn the loss of it. They're proud. But here's what he said in verse 10 of that chapter. He said, poverty is coming. He said, the vintage will fail. That is the grape. That's their money. That's their wealth. See, Brother Brown, here's the thing you can't keep printing money without it losing its value. There'll be a day our dollar won't be worth two cents. Brother Ladd, it won't be worth two cents. Poverty's coming. Of course, in that tribulation period, boy, you could tell poverty is going to be in there. I don't know how much we'll have to go through that poverty before the Lord comes against it. But I'm telling you, we better mourn our nation. We better mourn our nation. He gives a prompting in verse 11 of that chapter 32. He told them to tremble. But Chris, that means to hasten with fear. He told them to tear off their apparel of carelessness and put on the peril of sackcloth, the peril of mourning. But you know what? I'm glad God always gives us hope. The first four verses in chapter 32 of Isaiah is talking about Hezekiah's reign, how that God's gonna change things. And then he said this in verse 15. He said, hallelujah. He said, until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high. I'm telling you, if we'll get serious and pray, God will help us. He may never turn around the whole nation, but thank God we can still live for God in this crazy world that we live in. Amen. I have said it many times, and I believe it's closer than it's ever been. I believe we will go to jail for preaching what we preach. I'm going to do all I can and pray and try to pay off my house. So if I go to jail, my wife has a place to live. That's how serious I believe this is coming. When you preach against their homosexuality and their transgender garbage and all of the garbage that they promote and and let go, when you preach against that, they're going to say, you got to shut up. And I'm going to say, I can't. I'm obligated by God to preach. That may be one of the downsides to social media because they'll be able to take what you put on there and kind of change some things and and, and cut and, and make you say things you didn't say. You know they have that technology, right? And then they put it all out in front of everybody, what you said, and then there's no way you can get all that back. I'm telling you, we better start mourning the loss of our country.